Support for this podcast comes from Smartwater. Want to get a little more from every sip? Smartwater Alkaline doesn't just taste crisp and pure. It's loaded with everything you need to perform at your best, whether you're running marathons or boardroom meetings. Elevate how you hydrate and pick up a Smartwater Alkaline today. To learn more, visit drinksmartwater.com. Gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome to another edition of the Bruce Exclusive, a Buffalo Rumblings podcast. I'm your host, Bruce Nolan. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Bruce Exclusive. Welcome back. The 2023 NFL schedule released last week, and we haven't had an opportunity to talk about it for a meaningful amount of time. Because the day my podcast dropped last week was the day that the schedule release dropped. So we're going to touch on that a little bit today. But first, I want to tell you a little story. I'm thinking Arby's. That's what I told my wife in the car the other day when she was thinking, hey, we only have a little bit, probably got to hit a drive through. What do you want to have? And I said, I'm thinking Arby's. So we drove through the Arby's drive-thru, and I decided to try one of their seasonal sandwiches that's out right now, and it's the Sweet Heat chicken sandwich. So I had it, and it was good, and I finished up my sandwich, and I opened my mouth, and I said to my wife, isn't it amazing how sometimes the little things can make all the difference? You see, 99% of that sandwich is something that Arby's has done a million times before. King's Hawaiian rolls, same as they usually use for King's Hawaiian sandwiches. The chicken breast is exactly the same. The lettuce, the tomato. The only thing that's different is the sauce. The sweet heat sauce. They built an entire sandwich out of things that they've largely done before and then added a new sauce. Entirely new marketing campaign, new posters, new pictures, a flood of new income, sauce. That's it. Everything else is completely identical to something they've had before. This is not a criticism. This is a note that sometimes the smallest little change changes everything. Recently, I have been trying to take an active approach to making these small adjustments in my life to increase the quality of my existence. I have a good life. I love my life. I love my wife. I love my dogs. I am grateful for every moment I'm here. But if I can make small adjustments to try and increase the quality of my life, tiny things that can make a big impact I should recognize those things and try and do them. I'm going to give you two examples. 
I haven't been able to listen to a podcast or to music or something coming out of my phone through the speakers in my car. My car does not have Bluetooth because I'm a cheapskate. No Bluetooth in my car. And for years, I've had an aux cable outlet just sitting there in my dash. And I knew that I could buy an aux cable for $7.99 and buy a aux to lightning adapter for my iPhone and plug it in and I could listen to my music and my podcast through the speakers in my car, which would make it far more preferable to trying to listen to it sitting on the passenger seat next to me. I could do that for a grand total of about $14. I could make my driving more pleasurable for $14. But I didn't do it. For years, I didn't do it. Can you imagine all the things that I spent $14 on in the last couple of years instead of spending it on that tiny little thing that would have increased the quality of my life? Yes, sometimes in life you miss the forest for the trees, but other times you miss the trees for the forest. You're so focused on these big monumental things. Oh man, if I just bought a smoker, right? If I just bought a new car. No, buy the aux cable. That will increase the quality of your life. So I did recently. I bought the aux cable. I bought the iPhone jack. Totally worth it. $14. Made it happen. The second thing was a bath pillow. We have a bathtub and I like to take a bath occasionally because I'm 9 million years old. But it was pretty uncomfortable to sit in that bathtub. And for all these years, I talked about how if I could just get a bath pillow, you know, the one with the the suction cups on the back of it, you put it in the bathtub, make your experience a little bit more joyful, a little bit more comfortable. Didn't do it. $25. Could have had a better quality of life. Could have really enjoyed my time in the bathtub if I just would have bought a bath pillow. But I didn't do it. How many things did I spend $25 on that don't increase the quality of my life as much as that does? A lot. But recently, because of my focus on accepting that, yes, I have a really good life, but I can make these tiny little tweaks and I can make it better. If I am actively looking at the little changes that can make all the difference. That's the way I view Dalton Kincaid on offense. And that's the way I view Sean McDermott taking over the defensive coordinator position on defense for the Buffalo Bills. You might look at this team and say, overwhelmingly, the personnel is the same from last year. And you would be right. I agree with that. But when you're a really good team, sometimes it's not these sweeping, massive changes. It's the little things. Like a new play caller. Like a new slot weapon. That can make all the difference. When I look at the Buffalo Bills and I look at them moving forward, I'm keeping my eye on the little things, the little changes, because when you've got a really bad team, it requires a lot of effort and a lot of big things to get it to a good spot. But if you have a good team, sometimes it's the little things that make all the difference. So as the Buffalo Bills begin spring and summer practices, that's where my eyes are. My eyes are on the little things. It's on Dalton Kincaid. 
One of the things that I'm looking at when I think about burning questions for the Buffalo Bills this spring and summer is how quickly can we expect meaningful contribution from Dalton Kincaid? How many video clips I see of Dalton Kincaid catching passes in team drills from Josh Allen is going to be a focal point for my spring and summer online stalking. Because remember, local media is often unable to provide details on which player is playing what position with what unit. And sometimes we're forced to rely on clips and notes that would indicate that Kincaid is getting reps with the ones. For example, Dalton Kincaid made a great play over Matt Milano. Checkmark. He's playing with the first team. Dalton found a soft spot for a touchdown from Allen in red zone work. Playing with the first team. The Bills admitted that they plan on using Dalton Kincaid to create a 11 and a half personnel grouping. How often they'll be able to utilize their first round weapon early in the season will be a meaningful contributing factor towards how much the opening game offense looks like the week nine offense. And that's what I want to know. Are they going to ease him into it or are they going to throw him in the deep end? And sometimes you've got to get a little creative with the observations in spring and summer. But I think that there's valuable information to take away. The other thing I think about is what does the middle linebacker position look like for this team? Throughout the offseason, it's been a source of consternation for Bills Mafia and myself. You watch Tremaine Edmonds walk out the door to sign a big contract with the Bears. Since then, the Bills have re-signed A.J. Klein and Tyrell Dodson. They drafted Dorian Williams out of Tulane in the third round. Then you have last year's draft picks, Balen Spector and Terrell Bernard. Any of them could end up as the starting middle linebacker for the Bills when they line up against the Aaron Rodgers-led New York Jets offense. Brandon Bean, of course, said that Dodson was the, quote, leader in the clubhouse. It feels to me that the Bills are going to give Terrell Bernard every chance to live up to the day two investment by winning the job. And he might have to lose it in order to lose it. But Sean McDermott's calling plays. So that changes things. We will be very unlikely to tell anything about his play calling difference in the spring and summer. But the reason it makes this list of things that I'm looking at is because he's unquestionably going to be asked about it a lot. And so in the press conferences with Sean McDermott, when he's asked about calling defense, that's what I'm going to be paying attention to. Because I'm not going to learn much about Sean McDermott's defense from watching preseason games or watching video clips or reading camp observations. But I might learn about it from listening to press conferences. And you're definitely going to learn about the middle linebacker position. Who's the starting right guard for this team? Ryan Bates, human Swiss Army knife, held the position to the starboard of pivot man Mitch Morse in 2022. Then the Bills drafted University of Florida monster Osiris Torrance in the second round. If you're a second round pick, you can reasonably be expected to frequently compete for starting jobs on most teams, which immediately makes the right guard position one to watch for Buffalo this spring and summer. Just like the Dalton Kincaid question, 
digging deeper into who's playing with and who's playing against Torrance may clue us into whether he's getting meaningful reps with the first team. If we hear, hey, he's holding his own against Daquan Jones, that speaks well not only from a competency standpoint, but also from an informational slant because he's playing against the starting defensive tackle for the Buffalo Bills defense. Now, if Torrance is the starting right guard for this team, do the run schemes change slightly to accommodate the road grader? I mentioned earlier that I don't think you'll be able to tell a lot about Sean McDermott's defense by watching preseason game. My question is, do they fiddle with Torrance during his preseason? When he's in, they run specific run plays, and when he's out, they run different ones. Because Torrance is kind of the outlier on this offensive line. I want to know if they're tinkering with him, if they're tweaking things, and if there's some sort of correlation between his presence on the offensive line in a preseason game and the type of runs that they call. Because it might show them fiddling with what can he do, what can he not do, how are we feeling about his growth in these areas. So these are some of the things that I'm keeping track of. Because sometimes it's the little things that make the difference. Every single thing that I just mentioned seems probably fairly small. But when you're a good team, it might be about maximizing value. Little change that can make a big impact. I'll let you be the judge of which one of those things, Dalton Kincaid and Sean McDermott, which one of those things is an aux cable and which one's a bath pillow. I kind of feel like Dalton Kincaid is an aux cable and Sean McDermott calling plays on the defense is a bath pillow. But I will listen to counter arguments. So those are the two little things that I'm keeping an eye on and some other camp observations, things I care about. Now, there's plenty of questions about this team, but not all of them can be reasonably answered or even gotten information on this early in the season. Well, I'd love for the Buffalo Bills defense to not collapse in the playoffs. Okay, well, we're not going to know about that until the playoffs. So that can't be answered. And some of these aren't going to be fully answered anywhere, but we can collect data on them if we know where to look. If we know how to focus on these things and know what we're looking for, like I mentioned, you're not going to hear that Dalton Kincaid is running with the first team. But if you hear he made a play over Matt Milano, then you know, by extension, he's running with the first team. So if you know what you're looking for, and you know how to interpret the information you're getting, you can get some information, you can get some feedback on some of these questions. We're going to take a quick break. Stick with me. We'll be right back. Support for this podcast comes from Smartwater. Life moves pretty fast. Are you drinking water that can keep up? Smartwater Alkaline has everything you need to stay hydrated, no matter where your day takes you. Whether you're pitching a tent or your next big idea, Smartwater Alkaline can help you perform your best. It delivers a pure, crisp taste that makes it the perfect chaser after a big workout. Elevate how you hydrate and pick up a Smart Water Alkaline today. To learn more, visit drinksmartwater.com. Support for this episode comes from Viator. Sure, a good souvenir is always fun, but it's the experiences that people love the most about traveling. When you get back home, that t-shirt might fade and that snow globe might break, but it's those once-in-a-lifetime memories that will last. Viator is a website and app where you can book travel experiences like architectural sightseeing, snorkeling excursions, sunset cruises, and so much more. 
With Viator, you can reserve everything from simple tours to thrilling adventures with over 300,000 bookable experiences in 190 countries. Whether you're a foodie, a history buff, or an adrenaline junkie, there's something for everyone. Plus, Viator's travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you can have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. When you book a travel experience with Viator, there's always flexibility and support with free cancellation, payment options, and 24-7 service. Make memories that will last forever with Viator. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. Welcome back, everybody, and thank you for joining me for this edition of the Bruce Exclusive, a Buffalo Rumblings podcast. I'm your host, Bruce Nolan. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram, at Bruce Exclusive. Welcome back. We talked about bath pillows and aux cables and how sometimes little things can make all the difference. We're going to talk about the schedule release just a little bit. Let's just start off with the obvious. The best part of it is the NFL team's who have their social media groups putting out videos. If you haven't already, go find the Tennessee Titans schedule release video. Find the Chargers schedule release video. They're fantastic. They're really good. Here are the things I care about. When's the bye week? And how many games do you have rest advantage versus how many games do you have rest disadvantage? I counted up four games where the Buffalo Bills will have a rest advantage over their opponents and three games where they will have a rest disadvantage over their opponents. Pretty balanced. Pretty in favor of that. Late bye. Big big time in favor of a late bye week. There is a correlation between Super Bowl winning teams, specifically recently, and a late bye week. I think it becomes even more important when the season is longer. Getting the buy in the playoffs is the one seed and or getting a late buy is extremely important for having health at the right time. I think getting Aaron Rodgers week one, I think is valuable. Aaron Rodgers is not immune to putting up a stinker or two early in the season with a new team, new offense, Nathaniel Hackett calling plays. I think there's a good opportunity early to kind of steal some of that momentum from the team because there's going to be a lot of hype around the New York Jets and what they can be with Aaron Rodgers. There will be a refrain leading up to this game on how the Buffalo Bills lost to the New York Jets when Zach Wilson was the quarterback. Imagine how they'll do now that it's Aaron Rodgers. That will be a narrative. That will not just be a New York Jets fan-driven narrative. It will be part of the narrative leading up to the game. There's an opportunity to shut them the heck up. Real quick. So I'm glad about that. But those are the things I really care about the most when it comes to schedule releases. I care about making sure that the rest advantage versus disadvantage isn't crazy. Later the buy, the better. And then some assorted things here. But let's be honest, I'm really in it for the social media videos. They're funny. They're worth it. The last thing I want to talk about is as it relates to Stephon Diggs. Former Buffalo Bills Wide receiver Isaiah McKenzie was on the Go Long podcast with Tyler Dunn recently and was asked about Stephon Diggs and essentially said, dude, he's just getting it out. He's just getting it out. This is the way Stephon Diggs is. He's a free bird. 
if ever there was an opportunity for somebody to say that Stefan Diggs is actually really miserable and wants out, that he should be taken seriously, it would be a former Buffalo Bills receiver because the motivation has been removed for him to lie. So this is relevant. This is the reason why I brought it up. At the same time, Raiders wide receiver Devontae Adams recently was quoted as saying, um, we don't really see eye to eye on what we think is best for us right now regarding his relationship with the Raiders organization. Barely a peep. Isn't it weird how we decide to gravitate toward one story instead of another? Have you seen any rumblings about Devontae Adams being traded? Well, he's, you know, one year into a big extension. So was Stephon Diggs. It didn't stop people from rumbling about that. Narratives are not real. Devontae Adams said more in one sit-down interview to stir the idea that he would be unhappy with the team than Stephon Diggs has done ever in his time with Buffalo. But no one's running to Devontae Adams. We should trade for Devontae Adams. Because narratives don't care about facts. They just care about the feeling, the emotion. I have no idea why the fan bases aren't rallying around the idea to trade for Devontae Adams the way they were with Stephon Diggs. The hopium is not as strong with Devontae Adams as it is with Stephon Diggs. But the hypocrisy is. So if you were one of the people or if you were one of the people annoyed at one of the people, this segment's for you. We should be paying more attention to what someone actually says and actually does versus extrapolating weird wide receiver tweets. Wide receiver is the strangest position in football to play. It's weird because it's one of those positions where you can end up doing every single thing right on a play and no one will notice. Run a great route, beat your man, quarterback doesn't get the ball there. Quarterback gets sacked. Think about all the internal frustration. Play after play after play, running down the field, doing your thing, separating, not getting the ball. Think about those little micro frustrations over and over and over again, dozens upon dozens of times. It has an effect on people. There's a reason why wide receivers are known as quote unquote the diva position, even if you're not a diva. It's because those little micro frustrations have a tendency to get to you over time. But between the Isaiah McKenzie discussion and the Devontae Adams discussion, I think the Stefan Diggs conversation can officially be shut for this offseason until next offseason when it comes back around again. Because that's what people do in the offseason. They project. They have their hopium. But if we pay attention to things that aren't the Bills, in this case, a Colts wide receiver and a Raiders wide receiver, it can help provide context to the things going on and the discussions being had around a Buffalo Bills wide receiver. And maybe you're not paying attention to Colts receivers or Raiders receivers and This would be a reason why, but if you weren't and you're learning about this for the first time from listening to my show, then I'm glad, but maybe you're not really interested in that. Maybe nothing I say is going to change your mind and you don't really want to care 
about what former Bills receivers say or what Raiders receivers say. Well, that's the way the cookie crumbles. I'm Bruce Nolan, Buffalo Rumblings. <laughs>